I got the vocal fry filters cranked way up. <laughs> Yeah, you put the vocal fry filter on. <laughs> we were trying to get me to have vocal fry so someone draws a groiper of me. Because <laughs> both of you guys have groipers, and that's... I mean, if you want if you want reverse sexism, there it is. That's true. No male groiper. <laughs> so welcome to a special edition of Truanon. Uh, we are here live in studio. Actually, we're not live in studio. We're sure, why not? Over the, f- I get on even. I don't know what that means. So maybe it applies. Uh, with it's me, a recording. Yeah, we're record. We're live recording. Uh, I am your host, <laughs> one of your hosts, Brace. I'm joined by Liz and a special guest tonight, uh, Dasha Nekrasova. Hi guys, thanks for having me. No problem. From the uh, hit podcast <laughs> Red Scare. Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> so Dasha. You you are you are g- quickly gaining a reputation as a New York's biggest um, Epstein investigator. It's true. I don't want to publicize it too much out of fear for my life, but I yeah, I'm at the forefront of the Epstein truther movement in New York City. I think <laughs> uh, due to my involvement with the case since his death and my ongoing investigations. Yes, and relentless pursuit of information. So the day that Epstein died, you went down to the MCC, right? I did. I went to the MCC. I went to the hospital. I went to the medical examiner's office. I went to the townhouse and then the complex. Can you give us sort of a quick like rundown of how you, what you feel went down that day? I don't believe that there was a body double, which was sort of uh, some of the independent press outside of the hospital were kind of like saying that the media had been misdirected to the coroner's office before the body had actually left. I don't think that's true. I think that um, he was, I believe that he was murdered, as does his uh, defense legal team, which they made a big point of bringing up the hearing. Um, I think, you know, that the timeline is suspicious, but that I don't, you know. They said that he was found in his cell. He had been dead for hours. That doesn't seem to line up. Yeah, yeah, ridiculous. And now, of course, the camera doesn't work. Yeah, there's no footage. They want to see the footage. They want the court. They think it's under the court's jurisdiction to investigate independently what happened to their client, Jeffrey Epstein. Right. So you were also, so you were at the courthouse yesterday for the hearing. In the courthouse. Yeah. I was in sitting in court. Yeah. <laughs> so give <laughs> us open to the public. Y- yeah. Give us a, like kind of a rundown of um, like what happened just yesterday morning. Um, well, yeah, they had the hearing to sort of dismiss the indictment, which they basically have to do because of legal precedent and all of that. And no one really contested. That wasn't really what the hearing was about. They also used the hearing as an opportunity to let the victim speak who, don't get their day in court due to Jeffrey Epstein's mysterious death. Mm -hmm. And so that was mostly the reason for the hearing. But then Jeffrey Epstein's defense in their opening statements really reiterated that they want to know what happened to the body. The prosecutor, the United States then went on to say that that's not relevant to the case. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Mm. And the judge, judge Berman, who I think is a good guy, honestly. Okay. Berman. I had, yeah, I think Berman is like m- maybe on the right side of history. What makes you, what makes you think that? Well, because he held this hearing in the first place and he was really uh, against the advice of like legal scholars who also happen to be part of Epstein's defense team. He made a point of bringing this up 
you can read all this in the transcript. He like describes sort of what happened, and he um, he just made a real he made put a real emphasis on like transparency. Yeah, and the need for transparency in this case, especially, and like the, why it's important to hear the victims speak. How many victims did speak yesterday in total? Um, there were maybe 30, 25 or thirty there. Oh, they didn't wow. all speak. But it was powerful to see them all in one space because they're all blonde and they all, the most of them sort of grew up to be the same kind of woman also. Okay. What do you mean? You know, like they all looked kind of the same. Yeah. I imagine they all probably looked similar when they were teenagers as well. Right. But they all, they had like a very powerful, uniform, cohesive, like glamorous blonde look. And to have them all like grouped together was, uh, powerful sounds stunning which maybe that's not the right word i should use but (laughs) uh what was what was the what was the sort of feeling of the general atmosphere in the courtroom um there wasn't too much public there was mostly press i was i was there to support a friend of mine who is a jane doe victim of epstein's um who i helped with her testimony and then went you know to support her in court um i think maybe like 15 more than a dozen Maybe 15 girls testified, and then some lawyers, attorneys also read statements from girls who couldn't make it, some of which were harrowing. It was very, it got very dark. It got very, like, what I liked about it was that a lot of them talked about the systemic aspect of what had happened to them, you know? Like, they really hit the points that I, like, wanted them to hit. Yeah. What do you, what, like, what do you mean specifically? Like, the well, the testimony I helped my friend write sort of dealt with, like, um, that there was the real injustice is sort of that, like there is a whole system in place that disenfranchises people that makes them vulnerable to exploitation like this. Right. And that like Jeffrey Epstein wasn't acting alone. It's not as if like this was one single heinous pedophile right. who happened, who these girls happened to run into. It's like, no, like this is a whole system of powerful people working together that these girls were trafficked amongst hundreds of other powerful people. And that he didn't act alone. And the girls really made a point of saying that. The themes were like, he didn't act alone. We still want justice. This ruined our lives. Mm-hmm. You know, like they, a lot of the girls described like their lives being plunged into like serious darkness after being sexually assaulted, obviously. Um, and some of them like could barely talk. You know, it was really heartbreaking. It yeah. was really fucked up and sad. One girl called him a demon. One girl described like, how Gislain, there was lots of Gislain references. There was one reference to Bill Clinton. Really? Wow. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, one of the girls while, described, like, while she was being molested, Epstein sort of positioning her in his bedroom at Zora Ranch to look at the framed photographs of him with, like, politicians and celebrities. Ugh. And then she sort of, like, dissociated while looking at these images while being sexually assaulted. And how old were they when this was happening? Um, 15 yeah. was seemed to be the median age. One girl was 14. Oh. Um, there was several, there were several attorney teams and then they all had different clients. And there was one guy from Florida who had like 15 girls with him. Women. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. Uh, it was very, I mean, it really fucked my day up for sure. <laughs> yeah. It's been kind of crazy. I really wanted to have you on because it's been, I, I was sort of floored by, the lack of media coverage of this. Like it felt like there's so much um, like just media, like detritus after this whole Epstein affair. Mm -hmm. But then the thing that actually focused on the victims in the courthouse 
talking about the heart of this freaking case, which is like the body of young girls, is getting absolutely no coverage. The pedophilia aspect is huge for me. Yeah. I feel like that should, that's <laughs> like integral to like the moral rot of the ruling class. And I feel like the New York Times really reported on it in a way that just like reinforced the suicide angle. You know, like they really ran with details of like girls being like, because a lot of victims did reference to suicide as being a way of like re-triggering their trauma and like what a coward he is and all of that. But I feel like putting an emphasis on that sort of supports the narrative that he killed himself, which most people don't think is true. Right. So you mentioned Ghislaine came up quite a few times. Um, Was there there like a general feeling in the room that people wanted to, uh, let's say, have it out with her her as well? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and most of them were recruited by Ghislaine, interacted with her directly. You know, one girl was recruited by Ghislaine um, because she was holding a violin, and she was brought to Jeffrey Epstein's townhouse to play violin for a benevolent billionaire. That is... You know, who ended up being Jeffrey himself. Yeah. No, it was, like, I wish that it hadn't better publicized. (laughs) I was, like... Yeah, my friend, my friend was like, do you think it's going to be crazy? Do you think there's going to be a lot of people there? And I was like, honestly, no. Just like I thought there would be people outside of the prison the day he died. Like, there weren't really. Yeah, it's just been, it's been really weird seeing the kind of, yeah, the disparity in coverage where it's like, yeah, all of the conspiracy stuff and the, trying to figure out and, ta- and kind of like make shape of like a whole powerful ring is like mm-hmm. uh, animated in everyone's mind. But then... You know, it's like the young women and what happened to these girls is really kind of getting brushed aside in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah it's not merely like the pedophilia isn't merely an end to blackmail powerful people. It's like a symptom of like why the bourgeois mind is sick in the first place. Exactly. Like the depraved, like it's just like another 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 manner in which they're depraved right like i mean it's it's aside from the violence it's like or their sexual in which sickness their, in as which well their exploitation like yeah knows no end right so you've also been doing like meetups in new york additionally right? i had one meetup at union square how'd that go it was well attended there were maybe 60 or so people there wow oh. really um yeah um it was well attended. It was a little unorganized because we didn't really know totally what our aims were. But I think we had, I, we sort of unanimously decided that like for the purposes of, if the Epstein Truther movement is about raising class consciousness, which for me it is. Me too. Then you have to sort of, we have to sort of be, agree that he's dead, you know? Right. We can't really speculate as to like what hat like, if he's alive or not, because it's like, we have to assume that he was dead and maybe was murdered and like what were the mechanisms that allowed that to happen? Yeah. I mean, to me, like it's, I mean, I find all this stuff very interesting. And of course, like I am dedicated with my heart and soul to finding the truth to this and bringing (laughs) these people to justice, but it also doesn't really change the sort of the day to day situation. Like, of course the ruling class is depraved and preys on people. It's just like find figure out another Avenue of that doesn't change like exactly what needs to happen which is to put them all in the MCC and break the hyoid bones mm-hmm. on mass. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, the, but yeah, there were some digressions. I mean, some people didn't want to talk about the pedophilia aspect as much. Some people didn't think that we should talk about like the occult angle because mm-hmm. that made us seem like 
it was sort of, there was discussion of like how to separate ourselves from QAnon and like pizza gators, but then also how to like make bridges to communicate with those people as well while legitimizing Epstein trutherism as like something that's a more cohesive movement. Yeah. And I don't know how we're going to do that, you know, but well, we are uh, right there with you with our podcast. That's what we're hoping that to do. That's our number one mission. All that we can do, all that we can do is like influence discourse, really. Exactly. So that that is the best thing, the best use of our efforts, I think, which is why, you know. Yeah, and, and like podcast. educate <laughs> and like keep a conversation going. Like Brace and I keep talking about how like we can't let the kind of like figure and symbol of Epstein get like washed away that like actually holding on to him is like a really important um like shibboleth in a lot of ways and the the victim hearing really like reaffirmed that for me also because it really put like a face to he ruined so many so many so many people's lives and and those (laughs) are just the people in the courtroom like it's it's it kind of like it gets really dark when you start thinking about you know probably the hundreds if not more that aren't there or not because exactly. not because they don't want to be or because they can't be or, you know, whatever. Um, it, it's really horrifying. What was it? What was it like working with this person to create uh, or to help her write her testimony? Um, it was nice. I mean, I think I think it was cathartic for a lot of the victims to testify and to see yeah. that, like, their experiences had, like, were mirrored by other experiences people had had. Um, and she knew, I mean, she knew what she wanted to say. She wanted to say something about the ruling class. She just needed to like make sense of her trauma in the context of like extreme wealth culture. Right. So that's really all I did was like to try and contextualize. Like she told me the whole story and then, I mean, yeah, a detail that really stuck out to me was she, when she was on the ranch, she was, um, she crashed an ATV and another girl who was there with her told her, don't worry, like, nobody gets in trouble here. That is... Yeah. And that was some, that's something that she, like, reiterated in her statement as, like, something profound. That, yeah. like, right, like, these people don't get in fucking trouble. <laughs> yeah, that is that <laughs> No is one gets chilling. in trouble at Zora Ranch. Right. Were most of the victims and at the ranch, were they, or they were all over? They were all over. Yeah. A lot of them were in New York. Did, did, was there much interaction between the victims? Yeah, I think that they all, they mostly sort of like interacted with the other victims who were represented by their own attorneys. Yeah. But then they all were like, there was a very supportive sort of vibe amongst them in court that day, more generally. And then what can you say about Jeffrey's defense team? I mean, it sucks to side, like to feel like you're siding with them you know i know it's something i'm like having trouble with too because it's like well they're the ones asking the questions about what happened to his body and obviously i don't trust you know the government to do it right. <laughs> uh, of course not but then on the other hand they're like you know we're are de- defending a horrible pedophile i mean critical critical support for Jeffrey Epstein's lawyers. <laughs> I mean, they look like they look like fucking ghouls. You know, they yeah, look like course. what you think they yeah. would be like. They look like you know goblins and stuff. But they, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know who else would advocate for. Well, actually, um, Gloria Allred, she in her statement reiterated that like we do need 
to find out what happened to his body, and it is relevant to the case. Absolutely. Yeah, you met her, right? Yeah, I met her. She was uh, briefly. I she, love like, her. got me in a good seat at the, in court. Oh, all right. <laughs> so what do you think, What? how did it end? Like, how, what was the sense as it was ending? That was it. They, like, you know, the last girl testified, and then there was no one else, and then they sort of dismissed the court. And I think it's, like, it was pretty unanimously agreed on that the indictment would be dismissed. Right. Because that's what happens when someone dies. The prosecutor would still continue. Like, they said that they would continue to try and prosecute his co-conspirators and that, like, his assets are, have been seized by the government and that they're going to be used in some kind of, like, Crime Victims' Rights Act defense fund or something. And what's, what's, the, uh, what's the next step here for, for like, the, this case? Like, are these women bringing lawsuits against his estate? Um, it's, yeah, I think that's next. And that's all happening, like, not publicly. Yeah, of course. Right. That'll, be, that'll happen behind closed doors. And then what do you think is next for your meetups? Um, I don't know. I'm leaving the New York for a little while for work, and I hope that there will be. I don't know. Like, it's, it's hard to organize. It's hard to know what to do. Right. You know? Yeah. But I hope that we can. We have, like, we have, like a Telegram. We have a Slack channel. <laughs> <laughs> wow. We're trying to stay in touch. I know that people are still, like, interested. Mm-hmm. And so if we can keep people, like, getting together it was nice to have a meetup because it made me feel less like insane and alone and hopeless that's something we've heard a lot doing this is people being like yeah talking to other people about this makes me feel less insane i mean i think about jeffrey epstein every single day me too (laughs) me too i mean obviously yeah obviously like i (laughs) it's consumed my life i (laughs) i wish i didn't know who he was you know Yeah. yeah i wish no one did well well wait actually i guess i just wish he didn't exist yes yeah, right. Well, I think that it would be great for you guys to keep those meetings going, just, again, to give people space to, like, yeah, feel less insane about all of this. And, and to keep it on people's minds. Yeah, definitely. Exactly. And giving people a public forum for it, I think, is is nice. Yeah. And the, don't forget the pet, like, let's not like brush the pedophilia away <laughs> no not exactly. at all not at all yeah because it was not just epstein and exactly it's you know i mean we haven't even talked about the hollywood connections or anything like that or yeah. the dc stuff well one of the defense one of the um victim attorneys was harvey weinstein's former lawyer yeah david boys yeah mm, I, yeah exactly. i have some complicated feelings about that yeah there's a lot to unpack there you know <laughs> yes Unpacking the uh, invisible knapsack of Mossad. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I believe in the Mossad, the Mossad conspiracy for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, this has been great. Of course. Thanks for having me. We love to have correspondents. Yeah. Our this little, is your our second little... correspondent uh, venture with us. Yeah. Our little like Epstein cells that we can set up throughout the country. <laughs> thank you guys for all your great work yeah we'll talk soon see ya talk soon bye bye
Ugh, that was kind of heavy. That was heavy. But this is why we did a little bit of a special, little bit of a special episode because we wanted to get this stuff out there, even the heavy stuff. I feel bad kind of ending it on such a dour note, but this stuff is heavy and it's good to remember that and keep that in mind. Yeah, like this is, you know, there are, of course, actual victims involved here. And uh, I, for one, hope they take his whole fucking estate. Yeah, I also hope that, you know, um, I hope that we can get our hands on the court transcripts and get that out to as many people as possible because um, I've just, yeah, I said when we were talking to Dasha, but I've just been really, really shocked at the lack of coverage of the like actual victim statements yeah absolutely and it just seems really egregious well i think maybe some of the some of the media types uh running these running these large uh newspapers etc uh probably have a little bit of skin in the game here if you know what i mean yeah so um we're gonna try and get that to you guys because it's important to get that stuff out there yes um we'll be back with a regular episode tomorrow i think so Soon, <laughs> tomorrow-ish, uh, depending on when you listen to this. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, thank you. This is, as always, your correspondence, Brace, and Liz, with producer Young Chomsky, and we will see you soon. Bye. Jeff, 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 Jeff,